You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, released on the 30th of August, 2020. What I do, I do in the service of a higher cause. I love England. And my every action is meant to keep her people safe. He's Nick and I'm Benji and Big Finish is in our blood. I mention blood because this week's theme is of course Dracula. Oh, Could you put some yes, lightning in week. when I say that? <laughs> we don't need sound effects, we can do them ourselves. <laughs> uh, yes, this week we celebrate the release of our latest Dracula sequel. Written by the brilliant Jonathan Barnes and starring the superb Mark Gatiss, we delve behind the scenes as I talk to producer-director Scott Hancock and we also tease you with the first 15 minutes of episode one of Dracula's War entitled The Convent. Naturally, our regular features will be here too. The Randomoid Selectatron will be offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we'll be presenting the latest reviews of Time Slip and The Avengers. And we'll be delving into your emails, of course, sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. So, um... How how you doing, Benji? Yeah, rock and roll. Can't complain. Well, I can complain. In fact, I've been complaining to you. Yeah, we've been, had a good old complaint. A good old complaint. Yeah. But, um, but look at this. I'm going to show you something. It's not not good for the listeners because they can't see it. But oh, this is a cacophony of wires and plugs. And do you remember the old din plug? Yeah, good like lord! That. Yeah, <laughs> this is a, an oh. old microphone. Oh my days, that's fantastic! It looks it, like a rabbit hutch. It looks you like a rabbit that? hutch, or, a f- or like an old fan. And what's that brown piece over the front of it there? What is that a piece that of very old sellotape? Yeah, it's a piece of very old sellotape to, under which it, it ha- look. You can see, like it just stretches up a bit there. Do you see? Oh yes. And I could fit a, a little earphone there, which I used to put there, pointing directly into the microphone, held in place by the sellotape. And that's how I used to record old Doctor Who tape no programs. Yeah, yeah. No I way. I recorded um, Death to the Daleks, uh, Revenge of the Cybermen, and Genesis of the Daleks. That's amazing. And this was all on like T- TX, was it? Like transmission? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So amazing. complete with noises of the trains at the bottom of our garden going past. And uh, <laughs> it's a goods train that used to go past. The goods in train. Washington near uh, Totten. It's a shame you couldn't plug that into something now and offer a, a recording of the Big Finish podcast through the old <laughs> speaker. But that microphone was like, you know, my friend, my my enemy, my god, <laughs> for years <laughs> on end, you know. I was just um, reminiscing the other day with Steph, uh, my wife, uh, to her complete lack of interest about how, um, I don't know why I brought it up, but in the days before I had technology to get reverb, what I used to do was um, put that microphone as far inside the gas fire in our back room upstairs, which is my bedroom. <laughs> and then I would shout into the fire, into the fireplace and, and in the gas fire, and it would give it a reverb. That's really inventive. Really. How old yeah. would you have been as well? About, I don't know, uh, 12, 13, 14. That's very, that is very age. clever, actually. 
Yeah, well, you know, because you couldn't get affected. So I used to sort of talk through things. And, you know, <laughs> if they were in a tunnel, I'd get a vacuum cleaner tube and speak through that. And, you know, <laughs> when I say they, I mean me, because I was doing all the voices. Do any of these still exist is the real question. Well, I think that the old reel-to-reel tapes I've got of them, quarter-inch tape, I think probably if I t- tried to take them off the spool, they'd just snap. Oh, you know really? I mean? They're that delicate. It's that, it's that yeah. old. Oh, it's a shame. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. But apparently you can save them by baking them. Yes. And then you can correct. play them once and record it and then they fall apart. But you get you get one go. But well, anyway. it's definitely worth doing at some point if you can. I mean, you've got nothing to lose. Just be very sad and embarrassing. But it's well worth it. Why not? That's the beautiful thing. All my early audio dramas, I think a couple of them do exist. And occasionally people email me saying, look what I found on my hard drive and I want to die. Especially how some of them, my voice hasn't even broken and it's just embarrassing. Oh yeah, that's right. Come on, doctor. Come on then. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very embarrassing. Um, oh. <laughs> well, naturally, um, I've already read that bit out. I don't know. No, it's, it's, it's me next. Don't worry. Uh, right. It's time now for our latest reviews. Well, we've got two great TV classics, Time Slip and The Avengers. Uh, so let's, ta- ta- let's start with uh, Time Slip. I wonder where Sam is now. I don't know. But getting lost in those woods turned out to be the right result for him. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Time Slip, the war that never was. It's all right. I'm here. We're through. Liz, Simon. Raise your hands, both of you, now. So, Mr. Randall. I don't think we've been introduced, Mr. Professor Felix Loxton. Are you in charge here? On the research side, yes. My friends and I have been subjected to medical examinations, but we don't even know what we've been exposed to. Have you seen outside? Oh, awful. I hardly dared look. Suppose the war isn't over in this time phase. Britain can't still be digging for victory. That bad? Really? It seems that way. There's a lot of police around suddenly. (gasps) There's a whole crowd coming! Get undercover! Run! Jade, wait! Come back! Simon! The Sydenham Project is unique and an honour to work on. I am adamant that the research we are conducting is of huge benefit to mankind. Stick with me, Jade. I'll try and talk our way out. But they were taking me to Central Command. Ooh. Is that where your friend's going? I don't fancy her chances. The barrier is unstable. It's not going to hold. It's getting hard to breathe. And the sky's turning orange. Big Finish. We love stories. And you can find Time Slip by going to bigfinish.com and typing Time Slip into the search page at the top. That's that little thing with the round, isn't it? Yeah, 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 you can have uh, both our Time Slip releases there. Rather good. First up, uh, at Ploppy Le Chien says Time Slip Volume 2, The War That Never Was. 
at Big Finish have hit gold again with Mark Platt's cracking story. The excellent cast sparkle under Helen Goldwyn's direction and Jamie composer sound design. That must be Jamie Robertson, I suppose. Um, for three wonderful hours, it was 1971. Again, more please, 10 out of 10. Brilliant. Justin B. Quinnick says, Time Slip, The War That Never Was by Mark Platt is an excellent story topping the first volume with unique twists, character developments and alt history intrigue. Oh, I sincerely yeah. hope we get more times them. Uh, Big Finish keeps outdoing themselves. Any franchise is safe in their hands. Oh, that isn't nice. that the truth? Yes. Um, at Rob Cope says thoroughly enjoyed once again the latest at Big Finish time slip, The War That Never Was by Mark Platt. I only saw the original series in full recently, and this reboot really takes it up a notch, giving the concept a fresh new twist. Mm. Get yourselves through the time barrier, folks. A good advice. Thank you, Rob. Well, next up, of course, The Avengers. Let the games begin. From Big Finish Productions, The Avengers, the comic strip adaptations, volume four. John Steed! Abracadabra! Mrs. Peel! Well, this is all very pleasant, I must say. Do you know how many ransom demands we receive here at the Ministry? Have you noticed anything unusual in the last couple of days? Get your scooter and we'll... Damn, he ain't! Never mind that. Quickly, grab the case. Quick! No audience members allowed on the ring. Get back to your seat. It's not you I'm after. It's that rather substantial clown behind you. Marvellous show, by the way. I can't imagine why no one took this person seriously. Would you care to run, Mrs. Peel? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Davy Jones has you now. <laughs> Looks like it really is heating up in here. <laughs> Two tornadoes appear out of nowhere as soon as anyone got near that lighthouse. And how are we supposed to pinpoint this maelstrom of maritime malevolence? Let me help you. <laughs> He has proved a worthy adversary. He deserves a worthy demise, one I shall very much enjoy devising. <laughs> Clowns! Is there someone there? Abracadabra! Excellent, most excellent. These hero types, they're all the same. Oh, how wonderful. Cheers. Cheers. Big finish. We love stories. Oh, such style, such techniques, such a pity. <laughs> uh, just go to bigfinish.com and type the Avengers in the search pane. Uh, I think we've already covered the search pane thing. So yeah. uh, Here's what warpedfactor.com had to say about the Avengers Volume 4, Steed and Mrs. Peel. Uh, whether you're a fan of the Avengers or merely have fond memories of the series, this latest set of comic adaptations, comic strip adapt adaptations, I should add, is well worth checking out. From the work of the writers in fleshing out the comic strips to the performances of Wadham and Poulet, who are um, Steed and Mrs. Peel, the four episodes represent a marvellously pleasing slice from the cake of 60s spy-fi. And if you're in need of a few hours of escape, and frankly, who isn't these days, you could do a lot worse than spend time in the company of Steed and Mrs. Peel. God, I've been watching them on, on the telly as well. On, on are they on DVD. Britbox now, aren't they? Are they? I believe so. I believe. No. I think so. I certainly saw. Um, Don't. 
leave me up the garden path. Benji. I saw David Richardson of all people actually tweeting about it, um, saying they I think put lots of stuff on there. They put UFO and the prisoner. Yeah, the prisoner. They've got um, box of delights, haven't they? On Sapphire there, Sapphire and Steel. Sapphire. You looking? You checking to see whether the Avengers is on there? Okay, so what? So what David actually said? He said, "I saw the Avengers was up, and now it's disappeared again." So obviously, perhaps they, they're planning on doing the Avengers, and uh, then and they took made it down. a little mistakey. Maybe mm. that's what David said. Yeah, Space 1999's on there, of course. Yeah, so Space if you want to expand on our big finish release of Space 1999, or Captain Scarlet, that's another one. Um, check them out on BritBox as well. That could yeah. be all the reason to to watch it and then think, "I'm going to try out the big finish ones now." It's yeah, good reason. It's a shame that we, you know, Bitbox don't talk to us, and we could sort of uh, coordinate some sort of promotion. But never mind. Such as such as life, eh? So next week we'll be talking about Torchwood dinner and a show. Oh, yummy! A time now to go behind the scenes with this week's horrifically entertaining release, Dracula's War. Here's me chatting to director-producer Scott Hancock earlier today, actually. Hello, Scott Hancock. Hello, Nicholas Briggs. And uh, so you directed Dracula's War, of course. I did, after Dracula uh, a good few years back and then Dracula's guests earlier in the year. Now, the funny thing we were just discussing was that, uh, of course... You record these things, and then ages later, you're required to step up and promote them. And uh, how long ago was it for you? We recorded um, both sets last year, so so 2019. But they were actually commissioned way back in 2016, I think. So it's been a long time coming. And and it's almost ancient history for you because you've been doing so many things since then. Can you drag your mind back to uh, tease us a bit about it? Well, if um, people aren't already aware, we obviously did an adaptation of Bram Stoker's original novel written by Mm -hmm. Jonathan Barnes a good few years back. A lovely, lovely purist thing. And Jonathan loved that experience and Mark Gatiss loved the experience. And we all just really enjoyed it. That um, It was was Mark uh, Gatiss who turned to me. I was doing a bit on Sherlock in Cardiff and he he dragged me into his trailer and went, when are we doing more Dracula? And I sort of laughed and went, (laughs) and he went, no, seriously. So I think I emailed you and Jason and said, Mark really wants to do more, shall we? Um, and I think within half an hour, you, 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 David and Jason all came back saying, yes. So um, very quick green light. And Jonathan Barnes came up with these brilliant, um, completely original ideas for box sets. Mm-hmm. Sort of inspired by the original novel, um, but taking them in new directions. So Dracula's Guests was a prequel following different storylines before the novel. Um, So anyone who's not heard them can catch up now by listening to Dracula's Guests, then Dracula. And now Dracula's War, in a similar vein, takes it in another direction altogether, but um, about 20 years or so after the events of the original novel, um, set during the First World War. So Dracula's War is not only Dracula's battle and and terror, but it's uh, got those elements of, of... you know, the war in Europe overshadowing everything as well. And it's a really... Jonathan's great at picking up on those little ideas and and nuances and, you know, particularly... uh, You you think, what's what's synonymous with Dracula? It's blood. Mm -hmm. And so pitching it at a time when there's so much bloodshed and and 
terror. It's such a frightening point in, you know, our history. Yeah. It's just a, a wonderful um, mash of elements, and Dracula's this sort of brooding, creeping dread over it all. Again, much mm-hmm. like the original novel, so it feels very much in keeping with that story. Um, whilst doing something very new with it. This, if you pardon the pun, uh, sort of thing, is in Jonathan Barnes's blood, isn't it? He mm. adores this genre and particularly Dracula. Well, this—I mean, you'll know from Sherlock Holmes how yeah. you know you can give him a much beloved literary character, and he can be completely faithful to that those characters and that world, but make it feel—you know—he he tells drama and, and writes drama in a very contemporary way. So it's got a nice pace and energy yeah. to it, but it, it's still steeped in those traditions. And actually, when you think of Dracula, the original novel, it was way ahead of its time, so it all feels even more in keeping. So it's got a lovely flow and and pace to it. And um, the lovely thing as well, in terms of recording, um, is you give those scripts to any actor, and, you know, we've been truly gifted in in the cast we assembled for this but you you give it to them and everyone's got an idea of how to pitch it and and where to play it Um, because it just comes off the page it's such a cliche to say that isn't it the the text just leaps off the page but with something like this it really does and that means I mean you'll know as a director as well you can have so much more fun in studio because you don't have to explain anything to people so you can find those little nuances and those little subtleties that yes, really... Yes, it's not a struggle. You you know, it's the yeah. work's done for you and you can just build on it. That's it. It's not like Doctor Who where you're having to explain what a plasma inversion cannon is or something, <laughs> you know, bonkers like that. Everyone what knows... What is a plasma inversion cannon? I don't know. I just made it up, but I'm going to fit it I'm writing that down, now. yes. I'm going to use that now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny it's... to think with, with Jonathan, you know, and all this comes from the fact that he came up to me when he was a teenager at a convention and asked me about writing and said he wants to wanted to write. Wow. And what was my advice? And I sort of trotted out uh, advice I nicked from loads of other writers, which is, well, if you want to write, write, mm. just keep writing. I said, I've got a book I have with me all the time. I did in those days, a little notebook. And any time I had an idea or saw a funny name or something, I'd just write it in the book. Oh, and, yeah. I'd say, and I said, just keep doing that. And, you know, years later, I bumped into him at a big finish day and he had a little satchel with some books in. And he said, oh, I, I, I took your advice. And I'm like, oh, very nice. I thought, oh, he's going to give me some manuscripts or something. And he handed me these uh, books that he'd written with New York Times reviews on the front you know and I thought oh hold on because he could see that I was going to slightly brush him to one side and it was like no 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 I'm really a serious writer now and I thought hmm yeah and when I started to read the somnambulist I thought this guy's incredibly talented yeah just just from the first paragraph (laughs) you know I just thought ah right I get it he's brilliant but also prose is such a different medium from audio as well it it can be quite a shift but he's absolutely nailed that tone and the lovely thing talking about his books is in the interim, um, between us commissioning these and, and recording them, he'd actually written a new novel inspired by Dracula as well. So another That's sequel right. called, I think, Dracula's Child, which again sort of picks up from the end of the novel. Um, I think chatting to Jonathan, he said it could it could work as a little bridge between Dracula and Dracula's War for anyone who really wants to pursue all his iterations of Dracula and, and everything like that. But, you know, he clearly loves the character. And so when you present ideas and scripts like this to someone like Mark Gatiss, who obviously is is a huge 
uh, horror aficionado and really knows his stuff, it's so yeah. rewarding when you get into studio and, and find that he's enjoying it and really approves of the direction you've you've taken this stuff in. And I think Mark's campaigning to do uh, Dracula uh, 1972 AD. Of course. Of course he is. <laughs> Why not? We're so lucky to have Mark on board with this. And again, the cliche comes out again. It, it's in his blood, isn't it? You know, mm. horror is such a vital thing to him that he loved so much as a kid. Yeah. Well, he always talks about how when he was, you know, a child, he'd wrap a curtain around his, his you know, neck and wear it like a cape, imitating yes. those old, you know, Dracula films on screen. And you think we all done that. Halloween, everything like that. We put yeah. in the false fangs, dripped our face in blood, all of that. Yeah, I'm doing it now. As you if are. only the listeners could hear. You look, you look incredible. <laughs> you never look so well, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, brilliant. And you had a fantastic experience on it. Let's hope that people listening have a fantastic experience too. It comes highly recommended, yes. doesn't it? I recommend it. I'm slightly biased, <laughs> but no, it really is a, a, a cracking set of scripts and a, a phenomenal cast you know well-established pros and some new voices in there as well and uh yeah hope people enjoy it well thanks very much (laughs) (laughs) from the diary of mrs mina harker 25th of january 1917 i had hoped for many years that i should never again have to write such words as these I had thought that all that befell us in our battle against the creature known as Dracula lay buried in the last century. Yet I have learned today that the story was not complete. The Count lives. He has returned at this darkest of hours when the world is locked in dreadful conflict Terrible choices must be made as battle is joined. For make no mistake, this is Dracula's war. Welcome. Welcome, my friends. How fine it is to see you again. And how just that you should discover me upon the eve of my greatest victory. Big Finish. We love stories. And if you want to be thrilled to death, simply go to bigfinish.com and type Dracula into the search (laughs) pane at the top. Oh, thanks for the laughter. That really, you know, helped to boost the the Dracula. You can't can't just say it on its own, can you? You can't just say Dracula. You have to say Dracula. With that BBC... Sound effect. And um, yeah, put it in the search pane at the top, um, and you'll discover a whole horrifying world of terror. I was trying to do a proper wolf then, and it just sounded like a wolf sort of stubbing his toe. It has to go, <laughs> and I, I did, I've stubbed my toe. That sounds like a wolf that's sort of fed up with being a wolf for the day. It's like, oh, look, we've got a house, the moon in it. Okay. Right, can we go to Asda now? Um, you know, it's like that sort of mundane, mundanity. Asda, where they unexpectedly put up posters about our upcoming vinyls. Well done, Asda. Uh, next up, listeners' emails. 
Well, if you want to send us an email, you don't even have to go to Asda to do it because it's actually all in your own hands, whether you've got a phone oh. or a computer or a laptop. Um, yes. All you need to do is send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com and they will find their way to us. It's so simple. Um, this first one here is from uh, Alex Pass, um, who signed off here as Alex Mary Yogurt, um, which is rather... <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Dear Nick Lillian, or is it Susie Fruitcake, and Benji Stella Sorbet. Oh, yes. This was our our drag queen name. Certainly is. is Your your grandmother's uh, first name and the last dessert you ate. So, yes, I was Lillian Fruitcake, but I did say that my grandfather used to call my grandmother Susie even though her name was Lillian and then we had a big discussion with you about someone being called Dave who was real name was Herbert or something Henry yeah. <laughs> Henry that was it. it's just anyway, it's crazy isn't it yes my name's Bernard by the way um, please be sure that I'm really looking forward to return of the Cybermen uh, and it's recreation of season 12 but I've still not got over the news of Chris Eccleston coming to Team Big Finish Ooh. I mean come on no offence to Tom Baker or David Tennant but this just might be the biggest squee moment for me since Big Finish got Paul McGann yours sincerely Alex Mary Yogurt <laughs> <laughs> wow so we know what dessert you recently had. Um, thank you, Alex. Um, that is what I needed to exciting. know. But of course, you know, what Alex is getting out there is that I threatened to stop doing Return of the Cybermen if no one reacted to the clip I put in. Well, it's it's I've heard even more. Petulant in Rocky. Yeah, I sent you another bit because I needed some advice about Cybermats springing out on people. I like the idea. I needed some advice on Cybermats, and then you just it cuts to me in the lab wearing one of those white coats with a pencil <laughs> and a, and a, the Cybermat deactivated you know they're going as you can see here this is the poison gland you open that up there that's that that would be there's there's bubbling things in the background as well you know bloop, 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 bloop. So I, did i show you what i used for the sound of the cybermats the actual physical cybermat when it leaps at them and you hear them handling it as it's trying to bite them up i'll just go and get it hold on a sec it's the music sound. it's actually a banana that he uses he uses a range of fruit to essentially make the different sound effects so um Tom Baker's played by an orange um, and of course Sarah Jane is played uh, by a lovely little kiwi. Um, hello Nick. <laughs> hello, hope you're amusing. So yeah, these two Volkswagen toys. <laughs> oh look at that. So they're struggling with it like that you see and then I pitched it down so it sounded bigger. But yes, yeah, so I've got a little Volkswagen camper van and a Beetle rather sort of like, you know, six inch models from my they sound a lot bigger than they actually are i mean they are quite big but they do sound larger they're actual metal you see so that's quite good um i i was talking to steph about it and you know i said oh i don't know what to use and she said oh what about a couple of toy cars and i thought oh that's a good idea so i went searching in our boxes to find some toy cars there you go Anyway, sorry. Uh, next up, uh, Betsy J. Yes, hello. Bonjour, Betsy. bonjour. In ha- ha- Hawaii. Uh, Ohio. I only said Hawaii. Hawaii. Which is like... Uh, Ohio um, five o. <laughs> hello, Betsy. She says, time apart is time well spent. Hi, Nick and Benji. I hope you're both well and staying sane during the scary lunacy that is 2020. It feels like COVID-19 is a time monster stopping... That's cold and stealing as much joy as it can. Good point. 
Um, by the way, Benji, what was it you were doing while I had my headphones off? What were you talking about? Oh, a whole range of subjects, Nick. Yeah, you'll hear it in the edit. <laughs> oh gosh, it was actually it was um, actually good fun. Was you'll, it? You'll like it. Yeah. Well, I I'll take your recommendation. Um, anyway, um, Betsy continues. I've been so impressed and strangely proud of how Big Finish has continued to grow and thrive. It's a testament to the skills and passion of the entire company, and some of the stories and themes have been echoing our isolation. Time Apart is my most recent purchase. Of course, Peter Davison is my doctor. Peter D, as she affectionately calls him. I love the thread of history in all of the stories. And each companion that Five has here seem to be a potential recurring character. I can't pick a favourite story out of the four. They were well chosen as a set. The Human Frontier, oh hello, (laughs) is still coming back to me in fragments. Like a niggling puzzle. I think a re-listen is nigh. The cast is superb. Thank you, Betsy. Dorian Gray, isolation, really hit the spot. Alex Vlahos is infectious in a good way. She puts in brackets. <laughs> At a girl too. Was short but sweet and gripping as always. Regeneration Impossible was a great blend of eleven and twelve. The eleventh and twelfth doctors, of course. Brilliant story there by Alfie Shaw. Uh, the short trips range, Doctor Who short trips. But the one I keep coming back to is an old one I discovered, River Song 529. John Dorney's stories always hit me in the fields. Sounds quite painful. <laughs> I need to get the rest of that box set, you do. My wish list on the website is growing. And thank you in capital letters to the team members who added that in the wish list. Oh, yes. I asked about getting one a couple of years back and was thrilled with the update. Yeah, t- on average, it takes us a couple of years to deliver what you want. One short question. On the releases this year, there have been sparse production details, including cast and crew. I assume limited resources due to the pandemic are responsible, which is understandable. Will these be filled in over time? Well, I wasn't aware of this. Give me an example. Hmm. There should be full production details up there. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so sorry, so long. Oh, I see. Sorry, so long. An email. I think that's what you mean. Thought you were just going so long. Uh, thanks for the virtual BF day. The exciting new releases like Rory and New Callan, and congrats on bringing Chris Eccleston in. I'm sure he'll have a blast. Let's hope so. Be well. Stay safe. And pray continue with the awesome food for my ear things. I'm thankful for our Big Finish family. Mustache, Betsy in Ohio. Thank you, Betsy. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you for that one. Well, we've got one more here from uh, Tom Housen. Uh, sent to podcast at bigfinish.com subject of course Big Finish Podcast Dear Nick and Benji just wanted to start by saying how important I think your message last week about the way people treat each other in various spaces online was as someone who posts plenty of articles and reviews some that have been very kindly uh, featured on this marvellous podcast who knows there could have been one in this week yeah, I don't think there was actually there we go sorry Tom never mind I know only well um, what it's like to get responses from people who disagree but go about this in an uncalled for way big finish for me has always been a great source of joy and the interaction with various members of the team online is one such aspect as well as the countless audio dramas and this cracking weekly podcast 
As I've said in previous emails, Big Finish has been such a relief for me over these stressful lockdown months and the content that you've continued to provide us with has been 100% business as usual. I'm forever grateful for the escapism that Big Finish provides me with. My question to you today is okay. something that I believe popped up uh, during the wonderful virtual Big Finish day. Um, during Alex and Paul's chat with Jason, I could have sworn that Alex mentioned something about recording outside of her home again. I can't remember if this was Big Finish related or something else, but I wonder if any actors are starting to get back to studios or if you're still in those terrific makeshift studios at home. <laughs> I hope you're both keeping well. Many thanks, Tom Housen. Tom Housen, uh, it's a good question. I'll answer that first and then go back to your earlier point about the way people treat each other online um yes some actors are going into studio what's happening quite often now is that actors who previously couldn't record at home although alex could <laughs> if in a slightly chaotic amusing fashion um they are going into studios where full covid19 uh, protection procedures are in place i can't think of what the uh, the terminology is um and so sometimes you know you might find yourself as, as indeed i have found myself in a situation of directing uh, an actor who's at home recording in a little makeshift thing or and at the same time an actor who's in a studio we had that with one of the actors for space 1999 who couldn't record at home but it was safe for her to go to the studio so she was recording there so um you know speaking to people in different environments i know there was the other day there were four people in a studio the director was elsewhere and then several other cast members elsewhere and someone else being recorded separately at a different time because of schedule so you know it's all a jigsaw being put together so yes people are sneaking back into studio i haven't been back to one yet and don't plan to for quite a while yet we, we shall see how the situation unfolds i just want to say one thing about the way people speak to each other online after I said that comment, I've been, it was a couple of podcasts ago now, there were some comments online, people saying, well, I haven't used insulting language. I haven't been bad-mouthing people and blah, blah, blah. This is, it, it, it's not just to do with insults and, and bad language or anything. It's to do with how you address people. And I think that people are... I'm sorry, I'm trying to track a fruit fly while I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> how you address like, the fruit flies. That yes. really, Hello, yeah. Mr. Fruit Fly. Um it's the biggest problems between human beings in my humble opinion occur when we depersonalize them when we think of them as the other and not like us when in fact they are like us because they were born and live and breathe they're human beings you know and even as someone who irritates you to the nth degree and we can all think of lots of people like that they're human beings as well so when you make a comment to them online try to imagine or ask yourself if you'd have the guts to say that to that person's face and if you feel that you wouldn't be able to say it to their face then don't say it online that's my view so there you go what do you think benji i think that's fair enough i think i think it's it's true you know it's you see it, it's very easy isn't it i think on things like twitter and so it's very easy just to type exactly what you think, exactly mm. what you think of somebody. Because we all read things and we think, oh, I don't agree with that. Or, well, I think what they said there was a bit strong or that was, you know. 
And I think it's all about the way that you react to that. And it makes such a difference to some people. You know, sometimes you just think, you have to stop yourself and just think, actually, does this matter? I don't yeah. think it does. I'm just going to move on. You know, my Twitter, I just tend to go on about my own pointless rubbish about, you know, watching what I'm watching or yeah, complaining or about trains a, or something, you know. Some bit of equipment. Some bit, yeah, something like that. After. You know, exactly. So, I mean, I, first of all, I'd say I've been guilty of it myself, I think. I've done it before. Yeah, you know, we all have. But, we all have. And I, But controversially, I think it's fine to talk about someone in maybe harsh terms if you really disagree with them but don't but don't include them in the message don't don't make it to them you know what i mean i think that's because to me that's like going down the pub you remember those days when people used to do that <laughs> go, go down the pub or out socially with someone and complaining about some film director whose films you don't like and having a good old go at them um that's fine because he's not in the pub with you or she's not in the pub with you you know that's fine but to actually say it to them uh and you know big finish is not a faceless entity as i mentioned before you know there are that steve and chloe are doing it and to to actually talk to them in such an unpleasant fashion which i can almost guarantee that the people doing it would not have the guts to do it in person to them i that's what I don't find acceptable. I mean, I, and it's not just to, to do with having the guts. It's thinking in the context. It's remembering that there are people involved. You know, it is not a robot you're talking to. It's not. And I think a lot of people are fooled into thinking they're not talking to other people because they're doing it on a machine and they think they're talking to a machine and or he, railing against a faceless foe. And I think equally as well, it's about taking things with grace anyway. You know, like, for example, um, I'm a member of one of the big Finnish groups on facebook you know they talk about big finish things and somebody on there they didn't tag me and they just said you know, they're talking about things and they said that they they weren't a fan of what i did with space 1999's theme they said you know it wasn't for them they they felt it was too modern and not funky enough and not bombastic enough and um they didn't tag me in it i saw it but i thought i'll reply anyway but i you know i, I replied and i just said you know i explained the, the creative reasons for why we did it the way we did mm. and what we wanted to achieve and I said you know I'm really sorry I, d I didn't do it how you wanted to do it um, you know obviously if I had a full orchestra at my disposal I, I, I would have gone down that route but it's a, but I didn't feel offended at all in fact I was sort of like you know if this if this person however had um, attacked me personally and then said you know I thought that Benji's rendition of this was rubbish I think I would have felt far more upset about that because I would have yes. been like, "Why are you? Why are you, like, taking time out of your day to make me feel rubbish?" I don't know. It's it's funny that, like, it, you know, I just sat there That's and thought, yeah, thought yeah, cool, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, you've put your finger on the exact difference I'm talking about and I think that's right I think it's fine I think you can absolutely go online and, and vent and say this is rubbish this is rubbish just don't say it to the person you, you know, know it's, it's like yeah. when people say things well you know it's like when people say well you're wrong you know you're wrong and I think well I'm not wrong you know it's this is a I'm wrong in your opinion I'm wrong <laughs> you know it's like saying I love the music in Death to the Daleks I think it's fantastic and I think yeah, that Carrie Brighton is vastly underrated as a composer um, and then if somebody came out and said well you know that's cool but you're wrong thought, well I'm not wrong it just we have a different opinion 
that, that nobody's right or wrong about this it's you might like it you might think it's silly whatever i don't care i like it's it. all context it's it? all yeah. context is key so this i mean it's a huge rant but context is key and we are all humans after all we're all we are we are allowed to like different things we are yes you know we are allowed to like different things and i think that is the important thing being attacked by a cybermat oh my goodness lock the door Tell it, tell it to come back after the end of the podcast. It's, it's got quite, wheels. <laughs> it's the powered on small little wheels. Um, yeah, there we oh, go. So thanks um, so that's much, Tom. That's a very nice, yeah, good thoughts there. And thank you for raising that, Tom. Uh, that's it for uh, the emails. Well, this you're wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, just my opinion. More next time. And don't forget, the address is podcast at bigfinish.com. So coming up soon is a 15-minute drama tease, for free, of course. It's always for free. Uh, for the first 15 minutes of Dracula's War. I don't know what voice that was. Dracula's War. Dracula's War. Uh, that's better, isn't it? And part one, at The Convent by Jonathan Barnes and starring Mark Gatiss as the Count himself. Oh, um, you can count yeah, on him. You can yes. count on him, indeed. Uh, but before all that, it's time to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release with the Randomoid Selector Troll. You're not wrong there. Well, we've gone straight in there um, with 2.5 Doctor Who Grand Theft Cosmos. Oh, Grand Paul, Theft Cosmos. So, of course, Paul McGann and Sheridan Smith. Uh, what more could you want? Sheridan, I'll tell you one thing. Sheridan Smith is such a, a gateway for people... Um, accessing Doctor Who stuff the amount of people that always say oh I'm listening to the you know the, the Lucy Miller stuff at the moment and just loving loving it yeah you think wow isn't that fantastic that it's actually bringing people in which is cool yes um uh, Grand Theft Cosmos is one of my absolute favorite big finish releases of all time I just think it's such a superb script by Eddie Robson uh, fantastic cast. Um, it's got Christopher Benjamin in brilliant direction. I'm sure it was Barney who directed it. Was Barney it? who directed yeah. it? Correct. Um, and also uh, it's Michael Maloney, Katarina Olsen, who's playing the headhunter, a returning character, Colin Spall, um, Sebastian Armesto. I mean, it's a great cast. And there we have Louise Fullerton, who played the character of Karen, who was a sort of semi-returning character who'd been Lucy Miller's um, uh, co-worker before she uh, went off with the doctor and then Karen got caught up with all sorts of um, nasty uh, people and the tragedy was that before her final adventure Louise Fullerton who was a fantastic actor and a lovely human being um, decided not to do acting anymore so it's just, such a shame isn't it and, and literally a Two days before we were recording the next one, I can't remember what it was called, the eight, the, 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 the Planet of the Spiders sequel one we did. She just pulled out and we had to get a different actor in to play Karen. And the different actor was brilliant, but you know, Louise just had a way of doing it. That was I was very cross with Louise. I wrote her a really nasty email saying, you've dumped us right in it. She was very taken aback. <laughs> but uh, her agent dumped her in it by saying, yeah, she's just decided not to do it and forwarded her email, which said, you can tell them what you like, but I'm not doing it. You know, she, wow. she, you know, she changed course in her life. She just decided that she'd had enough of acting, even though she was brilliant and had had a lot of success 
but you know people must make these decisions Got to do what um, makes you happy but I'm particularly proud of the wonderful wonderful trailer have a listen oh look what there's the doctor and Lucy where don't look now when he's bored of his artists he goes out onto his balcony and eats them in front of a crowd blimey Charlotte come on out good grief what is it the statue it's moving in fact it's moved I thought you were dead. Who told you that? No, I'm super. Never been better. I think it's time you backed off, Doctor. What could we do? I'll think of something. What the heck? It's punching its way through the room. I must have misheard. Yeah. I mean, after all, Karen's dead does sound a lot like Karen's in Sweden in the late 1890s, doesn't it? What's that noise? I can't let it fall into the wrong hands. Nobody's going to recognise us. Just act casual. In fact, I can't let it fall into any hands. Oh, look over there. What? His works alter the fabric of the world around them. I just suddenly came over terribly faint. They have a malign influence on people. Not the guard out, pick the lock. Can't believe I fell for that. It's only a matter of time before it spills out into our universe, causing a collision of matter that will certainly kill us all. So, what are you saying? We are going to steal it first. Doesn't that sound like fun? It's a caper. It's a fantastic caper story. Couldn't be more, uh, more right about that. It's so funny and so exciting. I thoroughly recommend it. And you get a 25% discount on it um you go to uh, bigfinish.com obviously and uh, you can see where the latest podcast is it's uh, you either select the podcast section or you can select the big finish podcast in the audiobooks tab or you can go a little bit further down on the home page and there it is the latest podcast and in the text it says the randomoid selectron also features uh click here and you click there and then all you do is enter the code what's the code benji the code is buck up all capital letters, no spaces, no complications. B-U-C-K-U-P. Um, buck up is a thing we used to say on the podcast. Buck up! We don't say it so often, do we? Well, shame. Anyway, there you go. There we go. That's that's your 25% on Grand Theft Cosmos. Oh, I could wax lyrical about that for ages. I love it. Love. I love Eddie Robson's writing, you know. He is an incredible writer. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much as well, Ran. Loving your work as always, curating the finest hits from the known universe. Yes. Sadly, though, it is time for us to actually go. We've got we've got things to do, haven't we, Neil? Yeah, yeah, we, we're shopping okay. for an armchair, aren't we? Um, so, Cybermats. Uh, oh goodness, crikey! Um, we'll be a, we'll be back next week with the Fifth Doctor, Peter Davison, and Bernice Summerfield, or as it says <laughs> says here, Bernice Summerfield. Um, yeah, a bit of bad typing. I, I like there. it. I like the idea of it's just this. She's been Summerfield. It's just really boring episode of Bernice Summerfield. <laughs> Just sort of filing things and <laughs> like big a, metal cabinet nails, yeah, loads of sun, sunflowers, and yeah, and that'll be uh, Bernie Summerfield Volume Six, uh, you know, uh, of a new adventure. So great fun! Uh, in the meantime, it's bye for us in the style of uh, Dracula. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> 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 and while we're away, why not fight yourselves half to death? Oh, oh, That's gracious. <sighs> With Dracula's War, Part 1, The Convent, by Jonathan Barnes and starring Mark Gatiss. Last night, my friend, 
I dreamed again. Is that so, Your Majesty? It was a dream, Mr. Skinsell, of unusual vividness and clarity. A dream of darkness and horror. And it was a dream that I have dreamt now many times. Sire, I should not pay too much attention to such phenomena. Yeah, but there can be wisdom in dreams, can there not? Warnings and prophecy also. The Bible speaks of it. Indeed it does, sire. But it was not because of such oneric matters that I requested an audience with you this morning. Rather, it had to do with the outstanding question of your signature upon the protocol. Of that fact, Mr. Skinsale, I am entirely cognizant. And perhaps today we shall at last reach a decision concerning that issue. But... Before then, I... Your Majesty? Let me tell you of the dream. Let me tell you what I saw. It begins high in the air. I am seated in an aeroplane, looking down upon the world below me. And I realize that I am at the front in the north of France, where the blood of so many of our sons now waters foreign earth. I am above the trenches, and I can see what has been done to the land. Lines dug with like veins or capillaries. Darkness brought to the surface. And then I am swooping, swooping low and deep towards the ground. Commercendo! All his noise and rushing air and the roar of the engine. And then, in a fierce, boom-rattling moment, I land. My arrival causes surprise amongst the combatants, for upon all sides I am surrounded by soldiers. They reach out and reach in to the fragile craft, their hands imploring. A moment is all that it takes before they pull me out from the plane, out into the open air. I, I, I try to protest, to plead, to order them to stop, and no words come. Neither do any of the soldiers speak. They only hiss. Yes, like animals. I fight back, <laughs> but I am neither young nor strong. They are many, and I am one. And so, in the end, they overpower me. They beat me with the battles and their guns, with sticks and knives, and with anything at all that comes to hand. <laughs> the pain is savage and relentless. And I feel certain that I am but moments from death. And then the creatures are all around me. And lost in the stink and the horror of it. What happens then, Your Majesty? Uh, why, then I awake, Mr. Skinsell. And always I wake with a scream. 
from the private diary of Evelyn Skinsale, 24th of January, 1917. Another morning of frustrations and reversals, the King continues to remain most recalcitrant as to the question of providing his authorizing signature upon the protocol. Rather than choosing to take that decisive action to which I have been urging him for months, His Majesty wished to speak to me only of some convoluted nightmare before he sent me away. Tail between proverbial legs, I made haste to my club, where I partook of an agreeable breakfast and a dispiriting perusal of the early editions. Emerging afterwards back into the thin daylight of an English winter, I found myself accosted, of all the most unlikely things, by a certain persistent lady of the press. <sighs> Mr. Skinsale? Mr. Skinsale, uh, sir. Good morning to you, Miss Fuller, isn't it, of the Daily Telegraph? In point of fact, Mr. Skinsale, these days I'm from the Gazette. Oh, dear me, then you have my condolences, as do they. Now, I'm afraid I have no time at all to tarry, Miss Fuller. My labours are considerable and the working day has scarcely begun. I'd like to request an interview, sir. I've several questions for you, which are, I believe, in the national interest. Few things, Miss Fuller, would delight me more than the opportunity to discuss with you at length for the edification of your readers. Nonetheless, I fear that Mistress Duty calls. Now, if you will just excuse me. <coughs> Mr. Skinsale, I really do recommend that you answer my questions. Trust me when I say that it would be most certainly for the best. Madam, I have many such requests from Fleet Street. I cannot cater to them all now. I shall ask you just once more to please be so good as to step aside and let me pass. Mr. Skinsale, please, answer me this at least. <sighs> what? Sir, what is the Nosferatu protocol? What did you just say? I suspect that you heard me perfectly well. Naturally, once the lady had spoken those particular words aloud and in public, I had very little choice left to me at all. Mr. Skinsale, did you hear me, sir? I did indeed, madam. And, <laughs> do you know, having thought through the matter somewhat whilst we've dallied here, it occurs to me that there may, after all, be some little time at my disposal for us to sit down immediately and talk. I rather thought that might be the case. Would you care to accompany me back into my club? Of course, women are barred from the main rooms, but there are separate quarters where we may be afforded all necessary privacy. In here. The light ought, I think, to be sufficient for our purposes. When upon a war footing, a country cannot afford to be extravagant with energy supplies of any kind. I thought you said these were private rooms. I should rather call this a cellar. Oh, nonsense, madam. It is subterranean, I grant you, but we will be quite undisturbed here. No one will trouble us. Ah. And here we are. Do please take a seat. But there's only one chair, sir. I will be quite happy to stand. My work is sedentary enough as it is. And I shall do the same. Whatever pleases you. Now, I thought you wanted to ask me some questions. 
I thought, and do please correct me if I'm wrong, that you wanted to know the truth about the protocol. <gasps> Who closed that door? Mr. Skinsale, there's nobody there. Oh, I dare say it was nothing more than an unusually stiff breeze. Now, Miss Fuller, please, let us begin. Do as he says. Who was that? Who's there? Skinsale, is there a woman in here with Not us? Not a woman, madam, no. Though she does look very much like one. Skinsale, who is this person? What have you brought me? I would have thought you'd have learned by now that I cannot be bribed. But, Countess, I thought you must be hungry. Who is she? Why is she chained? He caught me. He lied to me. I was too confident. Skinsale, is this prisoner to do with the protocol? Well, she represents a related project, yes. <laughs> but, Miss Fuller, I now find myself most unconvinced that you truly know anything at all about the protocol. I know only the name. That's all I've heard. Just whispers. You promise me? That's all you know? It is. I give you my word. And then you know nothing about its true purpose or its significance to the war effort? No, nothing like that. Oh, dear me. What a pity. <laughs> oh, my God. Why is she? You know what she is. Even if you've yet to admit the truth to yourself, and because of your curiosity, you know what has to happen now. <laughs> Impossible. No. Get back. Get back from me! I'm sorry, but I'm so hungry! Please, please don't! Please! <laughs> it is most interesting to note how savagely beautiful prisoner becomes when starved for any length of time of sustenance. She flung herself upon that unfortunate young scribbler, rather in the manner of an uncaged beast. Within moments, her face was smeared, fetchingly, with blood. The journalist writhed beneath her, bucking and rearing. I sat and watched until the thing was over, in a state of simultaneous excitement and disgust. seem satisfied. I had not fed for many days, as you well know. Oh, I do, yes. But, Sabine, it could all be so different. If only you would agree to help me. I shall never do that. Why? It is not how this is meant to be. It is not how I saw it when I was a little girl in Lassoff long ago. Oh, I grow tired, Countess, of that excuse. As I grow tired of you, I know well how your kind might be killed. I wear at all times a crucifix about my neck. I sleep surrounded by garlic and holy water and by a stock of wooden stakes. So you would be wise not to test me indefinitely. Little man, you like the keeping of me too much ever to arrange my execution. Oh, I should not take that fact for granted. I saw you. When I was feeding upon this unfortunate young woman, I saw dark joy dancing in your eyes. <laughs> that I do not deny. 
I know my character well and find myself quite at ease with all my little ways, my tastes and peccadilloes. We both delight in the shedding of blood, but you exult in your corruption. I am not corrupted. And besides, you, Countess, are a kind of animal. What I do, I do in the service of a higher cause. I love England. And my every action is meant to keep her people safe. Mother Superior? Who is it? Who goes there? It's Sister Angelique. And what do you want of me, Sister? I've been looking for you. Well, here I am. In this beautiful garden, where I was until very recently enjoying my solitude. Oh, forgive me, Mother Superior. But don't you think the garden rather bleak at this time of year? I dare say you're right. Yet such ignorance has been one of the benefits of losing my sight. I have been liberated from the awful constraints of literalism. You look at the garden and see a thing in winter, while I, who cannot see, sense that the look of death is but an illusion, that the natural world is only sleeping now, preparing for renewal. Mother Superior, forgive me, but I must speak with you. I hear fear in your voice. Fear that is both real and earned. That is so. What is it, Sister Angelique? What has happened? Something dreadful and something full of portent. Tell me. Uh, Quickly now. It's the painting, Mother Superior. It's the painting in the hall. What of it? It's changed. Ah. Mother Superior. Tell me, child. Do you recall the words of the 25th verse of the third chapter of Job? Uh, of course. And what is written there? For the thing which I feared greatly has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come on to me. Those words might have been written with this day in mind. Come, child, take my arm. <sighs> Lead me indoors and tell me all that has come to pass. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Why not rate, review and subscribe? Go on, treat yourselves. Or should I say, treat yourselves. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>